I am the CFO of my company. I mean, break it down. That's exactly what we're supposed to do. However, the CFO isn't the person who is doing the day-to-day bookkeeping and those things. Again, we are the ones up in the watchtower. We are the ones that are creating what we want to create out of the company and to take the company in the direction that we want to go to. Hello, I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet. How do we grow into the role of being a boss? How do we grow into the role of being the founder of our company? Weighty words for businesses that many of us hardly ever give a second thought to, but made all the more important and necessary as we make weighty decisions that impact not just our lives, but the lives of our clients, staff, if we have them, and the people around us. So today, we're really excited to have Michelle Sabia back on the show. She's the owner of Paws and Claws Petsing. She was previously with us back on episode 107. Today, she gives us an update on how her expansion out to Connecticut is going, why she views her staff as her most valuable client, and she shares her experiences in running the Arizona Professional Pet Sitters and Associates Group and why those are more important than ever. Let's get started. Sure, Colin. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, my name is Michelle Sabia. I'm the owner of owner and founder of Paws and Claws Pet Sitting Services, and we service a location in Cave Creek, Arizona, Cave Creek, North Scottsdale, Arizona, and then um, also in Connecticut, Northwest Connecticut. And I want to dive into how the Connecticut stuff is going, but you, you made a you made a small correction there about how you introduced yourself that I think is fascinating. Owner and founder. Is that yeah. weird? Is it weird to introduce yourself like that? It is weird, yes. And when I was writing the notes, I was like, should I put that in there? And I kind of feel like I should. It's important because owner could mean, I mean, you know, the business could have been bought. I don't know. I just like I'm the original founder of the company, which I think is exciting and worth celebrating. Yeah, no, it, it really is something we're celebrating in, in recognition of that work and what you did. Kind of this, this what you took as a you know this first brainchild and this little seed of a thing, and it's grown yes. and it's turned into something. And yes. I, I still feel I feel weird just calling ourselves business owners, let alone yep. founder. So I think, but all these terms are really important when it comes to how we see ourselves. Yes. And I think too, you were talking about touching on what makes us a professional pet sitter, but that's just it being a business owner and creators. Um, that's, that's, you know, we're, we're running a business and that's a big part of it. It's no longer just, you know, pet sitting and dog walking anymore. When we see ourselves like that, that helps with so much with 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 boundaries, with going through the paperwork, with doing all of the, with jumping through all these hurdles that it seems like never end, yes. uh, but that that becomes part of it, and that's part of how we see ourselves. Yes, <laughs> and so so part of that is you started in Arizona and then had this idea to <laughs> branch out and go way across the country into an entirely different state. So mm-hmm. how is the the Connecticut service area going for you? It's going good. Um, Business-wise is a little on the slow side. Um, I'm still really getting used to the seasons and just how the state 
is so different from Arizona. Um, here we typically don't walk dogs during the summer for obvious reasons. It's so hot. So Connecticut, we just are getting through the winter <laughs> months and, um, we still walked dogs, but it, you know, same kind of thing. There's a lot of, um, learning with, uh, snowstorms and when you can walk your dog when it's so cold out. I mean, Luckily, the people, you know, our staff that works there lives there and have lived there for a long time. So they know how to get around. And I really rely on them to, um, you know, communicate with me and we communicate with the client if we need to reschedule, if it's a safety reason. We have that built in in our, you know, service agreement for the client as well. Mm. Um, But that's kind of going off topic. So um, it seems that once once the winter month is is starting to you know go away then business does pick up um but i guess i'm okay with the fact that it's been on the slow side because that's really allowed me to build a really strong team you know like a good foundation so that um cuz i'm not physically there <clears throat> whereas in arizona that's where i primarily live so if a if a staff is unavailable um i'm able to you know go in and take care of the visit. I can't do that there. So I've really been focusing on building a really strong team, which I feel that I really have done. So I'm excited now for the business to start to pick up. Yeah, I think that's part of that that scaling part of our business where we've got to lay those foundations. We've got to set the scaffolding, get the processes in place, get that training done so that when business does happen, it means mm-hmm. that we're able to meet that need a lot faster and with a lot less headache. Yes. And I'm really able to step back and trust and know that my team is going to handle it. Mm, That's huge. That trust is so important, especially being that far away. I know Mm. when Megan and I, we're we're two hours away from our service area. And that was something where it's, we have this initial knee jerk reaction of, oh, if I could just be there, if I could just do this, or if I could just see it to know that's why those processes are so important so that you can trust the processes. And I hired this person for a reason and I've got to let them go and do their work. Yeah. Now, when it comes to the clientele difference between the two areas, how are you managing messaging or communicating to these two vastly different areas? Um, We have two different pet sitting softwares. So this has been another along the way learning lesson, just kind of um, asking a lot of questions, researching a lot. I I had just the one pet sitting software and when the, the end of visit report would be completed, it would say Arizona time. And right now we're three hours difference. Um, <laughs> and sometimes we're two hours difference. So it, it is an added expense, but it's nice to have that separate piece there because we are so much more established in Arizona. We have a lot more clients. Um, It's just important to keep that separate. So with that, we have the two different pet sitting softwares. Um, I think that's pretty much it though, with how we handle, you know, with that. And then just like you guys, we also use Slack. So we've got a Connecticut channel, we have an Arizona channel, and then we have a break room channel um, where they can all kind of, you know, talk together. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm going to have to rename our general channel to Break Room because that's much yeah. more beneficial. <laughs> I like that. Kind of cool, right? <laughs> add that, add that to my to do list. Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> but you know, it, you know, it is. So that's really interesting how you solve that problem, that kind of conundrum of of these time zone differences. With that, yeah. were, were you finding that that was confusing to clients, or you just felt mm-hmm. like it was more appropriate to have it be service area specific? Um, I think both. When I looked at the bigger picture, which I think is a big part of being a business owner, is being able to see a little bit ahead and maybe in the future looking at the bigger picture. Um, I think last time I talked about that analogy of a forest. And if you're so stuck in the day-to-day operations, you are in there inside the forest and you can't see you can't see all of the trees ahead, but as an owner, it's like, we need to be up in that watchtower where we can see the forest around us, see what's coming. Um, and you know, that was just something that I saw right away was going to be an issue. And I just decided that, well, you know, I already committed to this second location in a completely different state clear across the country. I need to then I need to take it seriously. So I just, um, I use time to pet. I love time to pet. Um, so I just, I did, I just, uh, um, created a whole, a whole nother account and I literally have to log in to each one. So I have the password saved, which is easy, but it can be a bit of a pain in the butt having to, you know, go back and forth trying to manage. Um, but again, when we'll touch on this, my team, I, I just, rely on them so much and my team in Connecticut they really handle a lot and it's like if it's an emergency if it's something that I need to tend to then my office manager will let me know and we communicate that in in slack um and so far it's worked out really really well Mm. you said a really big word there's you committed to it you you looked at something was and you went ah If I'm going to commit to this, that means certain things. That means I'm going to have specific actions. I'm going to have different things that I do as a business. And that's really important as far as the mindset goes when it comes to running and operating our businesses. There are things that we have have to commit to. And then we as the owner and, and operator need to realize that means I have actions that I'm going to do. And, right. and think through the, the, the logistics of that and go, okay, if I'm really committed to this, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for my staff and my company? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then along those lines too, I had to look into the pet sitting insurance mm. um, and see with that kind of same idea, did I have to then create a completely separate pet sitting account um, that covers that specific area. So I was able to reach out to, I kind of got passed along a little bit cause it was a little, you know, over their head kind of question, but <laughs> I was able to get the answer that I wanted to, which is really, um, for the, for the one that I use, which is, um, P- PSA, Pet Sitting Associates. Pet, yeah. Pet Sitting Associates. Yeah. Yes. So I could really do either or. Um, Yes. And so, uh, you know, I was able to save that, that uh, email for future reference. Um, But if you had the two, it was kind of like you could spread out those claims. If you had claims, it's like you could spread those claims out a little bit further than if you just had the one um, account. Oh, interesting. I love, you know, these these kind of issues that come up that it's like... (laughs) We just got to ask, right? We just got to start kind of figure this out and see what's going to work and then sit down and go, okay, I've done my due diligence. I've done my research. What's mm-hmm. going to be the best option for me? And that's, that's for us to decide. 
Yeah. Now, when it comes to growing the clients in, in Connecticut, how are you initially finding them and starting them up in this new location? I really think it's it, it's something that I'm still working on. Um, I need to be able to take the time to work on it. Um, and And so it's... It's a combination of everything, really. I mean, we got quite a bit from other pet sitting companies that are also in Connecticut, but don't quite service that area. Um, So we have gotten referrals from other uh, companies. And the reason why we've gotten referrals from them is because I was able to make that connection with them. Um, So I, I guess that's probably the best the answer for that is to really take the time to make those connections um, with local businesses, with other pet sitting businesses in that area um, and build that trust with them. So could that be word of mouth? I mean, I guess that could be word of mouth. Yeah, that is pretty word of mouth for sure. I mean, it, it, yeah. except that it's a very specific kind of word of mouth. Right. Because, because, they are getting inquiries that doesn't work for them and then they refer out to you. So yeah, that's kind of more referral, but obviously they're doing it with their mouths or texting or whatever. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Referrals, but then also Google my business. That's a big one. I'm still working on getting that one set up because um, Arizona is so much more established that it, when I, you know, when you search it, it comes up pretty quickly, but for Connecticut, that one, it has been a bit of an interesting one to navigate. So do you have two separate Google, my businesses yeah. or are you, are you trying to operate, you know, <laughs> no. optimize one for both? Yeah, no, that's a good question. It's like literally the answer has been to create two separate accounts for two separate locations. That's wow. pretty much been, yeah, that's wow. um, in in researching all of that and also just kind of trial and error. That has been the answer is, is creating two separate accounts. Wow, that's a lot of, <laughs> that's a lot. Two separate Google, Google my business accounts, two separate Yelp, two separate Nextdoor. Oh yeah, two separate pet sitting and in, well, not insurance for now, but yeah. But it's important because you're looking at your service areas, and for a, a majority of people, we don't have thousands, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles between our service areas, and so right. we don't really think of why they need to be separate. But it is important yes. because if you just have the one, it's not going to capture the local searches. It's going to miss those completely because Google doesn't know, quote unquote, that you are operating in one location or two different yes. locations, I should say. So splitting those. Is, is is why you need to do that, right? So that you could capture the, the local searches there. Yes. And I will even say, as we're talking about this, my memory is sparking. And uh, with that, with having a business in a different state, you have to have a physical address, especially with Google now. They don't let you do PO boxes anymore. Yeah. So um, that started very differently for, for me. And um has just kind of evolved along the way. It started with using my family's address. You know, I got their permission to be able to do that, but things changed. And so now um, my office manager has been happy to kind of take that physical location role on. One of the things when it comes to growing a new service area and, you know, you kind of touched on it is, is the business has been, it's a little slow growing at first as you're getting this off the ground. How do you manage staffing expectations? 
and busyness and schedules when you're kind of in this growth phase of acquiring new people? Yeah, that is that's something that we talk about from the beginning. It's it's an expectation and I think also that's why our hiring process is so um so different and so much more intensive if that's mm-hmm. the right word to describe it. We have a lot of phases and um and the software that we use really helps through that process. Um, so we just really, from the beginning, we, we, that's what we talk about, you know, especially with Connecticut, we're still new to the area. We're still working on getting more business. Um, and we look for the right fit, uh, like the type of person that w- would be a right fit. Somebody who is not looking for, that full-time, part-time, consistent. We really explain the industry. Um, and and unfortunately, there's a lot of applicants that, you know, don't continue on to the next phase or it's just not a good fit because it's 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 such it's such a unique industry that it takes a very special person. <laughs> It it does. I I I that that has been the hardest part for us with hiring in their new area because we're in our in our in our home area we can basically tell them exactly what the schedule is going to be because we've got a lot mm-hmm. of consistency. It's pretty set. We know yes. when things are going to be busy. Hiring when you're growing like that, it's look. Um, we know they're going to be busy in slow periods. Um, I don't can't tell you how busy. There may be five hours a week. There may be thirty or more hours in a week when we get to that point. Um, and then trying to help educate people, like you said, on the industry and, and what a schedule looks like, uh, the number of times when we say this is a part-time position and somebody goes, great, I'll, I'll do 39 hours. And it's like, that's not, sometimes you get that, you might get that, but you most of the time you're not. And, and trying wow. to describe to them how people book and what a typical day looks like. We spend a lot, we, I feel like we spend an inordinately large amount of time working with people on that because. They don't understand that. They either say things like, oh, I'll take the evening shift or um, I'll, I can work eight to five. And it's like, that's not what we do. Uh, do. Right. <laughs> I've got things beyond that. So helping people understand that is is one of the biggest hurdles I know. And then and then kind of pl- not placating them, but educating them about, yeah, this is slow. We're, we're new to this. It's going to be slow for a little bit. Is that okay with you? Do you have other por- you know, parts of in- you know, income? Are you going to be able to grow with us as we grow? And mm-hmm. I think just being frank about those conversations yeah. really helps set that the tone for them them and help them understand what what they want out of it too. Yeah, uh, I agree. And then also, not even part time. Like we really, um, I'm losing words. I need more coffee. But we really try to explain that it is supplemental. This this is not your primary source of income. This, this isn't even like really a secondary, like, um, yeah, for sure. It's, it's supplemental. And, um, we try to explain that from the beginning and we also ask, you know, what, what is their expectation? What do they need to make in a month? And, um, yeah, just make sure that they, they understand that they're probably not going to make a thousand dollars, even 500 plus on a consistent basis. 
Yeah, at least not for right now, right? And kind of and letting mm-hmm. them know, like, look, this is what we're, this is where we are right now as a company, and this is what we can provide. These are things that we can do, and we are working to grow. And are is that okay with you? And I and I think find and, and it's it is really hard to find people that are okay with that, that have the skills that you need, and that are interested at the pay that you're offering. And that that takes that takes that time. It does. Yeah. And then also listening to their response and taking the time to not try to um, make them feel comfortable about the questions that you're asking or what it is that their expectations are. Yeah. I, I'm, I am terrible at asking leading questions of like, well, as a company, we do a lot of social media and it's really important to us. Is are what's your experience with social media? <laughs> you know, and you know, of course, they're going to answer. Oh, yeah, I'm really good at that, and blah blah blah, because it's important for the answer. It's like, no, just ask. What's your experience with social with making social media posts? And it's it's trying to remember that to not lead them, to not guide them, and I think, like you said, not try and make them feel good. Right? I, at the, when we first started hiring in the new service area, I yeah. felt bad telling them, "Look, I don't have any dailies right now. I don't have any clients right now, but I need to hire you because that's the only way we're going to get this this stuff going on." And I felt bad. I felt like I had to kind of hide that from them and make it feel yep. like we were something more than we were. And now yes. it's just very like, "This is what we're doing. This is how we're trying to grow. This is what we are looking for, and who we need to be in this position." It, yes. is, that, is that you, right? And just being honest about that. Yes. Yeah. And I've gone through that too. And then also with the hiring process and, and our applicants, we've created phases mm. through that. And one of the phases is having them submit a video on a question that we ask. And the question is, why shouldn't we hire you? And so that's a good one for, you know, paying attention. But then also we do get people that say, I don't feel comfortable, you know, sending a video or having my face on a video or whatever that is. And they may be a great candidate, but that's a big part of our company, you know, culture. So unfortunately, we have to put them in the not hired file. Yeah, and and knowing exactly what you know, the purpose of this video, sure, it, it's to listen to their response, but there's so much more involved around that that yes. is important. It's kind of like when we do our interviews, it's like the interview starts before before the interview mm-hmm. starts. What's the communication like before they get there? How do yeah. they arrive? What are you know? What time do they arrive? How do they approach? Well, how do they, like all that is part of the interview, and it will continue yeah. to be part of how you're assessed as an employee. It's not just the pet care side. It's everything else around that. And that was something that I know we had to take a huge step back and try and look at holistically as we work through those steps. Now, I love the different titles that you have for your positions. You have dog walker, pet sitter, pet care specialist, pet care professional. What do all those mean with with Paws and Claws? So are you looking at in the, in the hiring ad or, or do I have that somewhere on the website? Uh, I think that was on the hiring when I went to, when okay. I, went to apply, I went to apply to be a pet sitter. And oh, I, I love saw, it. I saw, I saw that I could also apply to be a pet care professional. And I thought, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we have it. Uh, and this has been changing over time too. On the website, we have pet care specialist. Yeah. And that just embodies, I guess, pet sitter, dog walker. Um, but within our ads, we've got all the different ones there. And 
the, and I'm still learning, you know, the whole, it's like, you're, you know, basically you're fishing. It's, you know, mm. what, um, if you have the same thing out there, you're not going to catch very much. So just kind of broadening your, uh, fishing that or whatever by having those different titles mm. within there. And that's what will get more people to apply is just by having the different titles. That's really it. I mean, aside from that, it's all basically the same thing. Okay. No, that's, that's, that's very fascinating. And it also helps kind of key into, I, to me, a little bit of psychology behind the person who applies for the dog walker position versus the pet care professional position. What were they searching for? Right. What's, you know, what are some of their expectations around this? And like you said, if somebody's only searching, you know, someone may have professional experience. So they may search pet care professional. They might not search dog walker. So you have to make sure that you're showing up for how people are looking for the information and for the position that you have there. I mean, we do that with our clients, right? We're all about SEO for clients and trying to make sure that we are a good match for them and doing keywords and uh, doing blogs and all that stuff on our website. Same thing, yeah. Why why aren't we doing that for our staff to figure out what are they searching for and, and how can I get them connected to me? Right. Um, and we'll probably touch on this too, but what I have learned in my business support group is that your staff is really your most valuable client. Mm. Your staff is going to be doing, say, I mean, depending on how good your business is going, your staff could be doing $20,000 in business revenue versus a client that maybe is, you know, 3000 a month. So it's, it's really your staff is, is who your most valuable client is. Yeah. We have to be serving them. We can't forget that they are utterly critical and important to our business operations. Whether we have one staff, whether we have a part-time staff, whether we've got 50 knowing I couldn't do the business, couldn't do what it does without you, without them. And that's, that's a, a critical thing to go, am I meeting their needs? Am yeah. I, am I serving them well every day in every way and, and making yeah. sure that they, they have what they need to do the job that, that the business, you know, is it's meeting the business mission and our goals and our objectives and that they're at the end of the day, happy, right? Like I won't, I want happy people working yes. for me because I have been an unhappy pet care professional. I, I've been there. It's yes. not fun. It's drudgery and it's, it's awful and you don't do good work. So how I need to yeah. make sure that we, I'm pr- protecting and setting people up for success. Yes. And I think that also goes along with not booking them for too much. Even if somebody is super eager and wants to do a full day of visits, I don't think that's something I would regularly schedule them for because I have been a burnt out pet sitter and my love for those pets aren't aren't, I mean, it's there, but it's, what is that compassion fatigue? Is that something that you just talked about Yeah, yeah on a absolutely. podcast recently? And yeah. it's so true. I've, I have felt that. So knowing that I can then, you know, let that staff know that it's not a good idea to be booked that much. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, an interesting conversation that we've had with our team members who are in our new service area where we're growing it's very light uh, work mm. right now and yes. going and going, Hey, what two days do you want off? And they're like, mm. why are two days? Mm-hmm. What? Why, why are you asking for when I want time off? And it's like, because it will come. 
Like, trust yeah. me, trust me. We need to get this scheduled. And it's things like that of, or um, just being accommodating to them. And like you said, going, hey, yeah, there are 18 visits today. You're not doing all of them uh, because right. I need you to show up tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, do a good job. It's um, our visits are actually untimed. Hmm. So if you have that many visits a day, you're probably not going to be there for the amount that you could have been. You're not going to be paying attention to the client or to the the pet that you could have been. Your visit reports are not going to be up to the, you know, that, that it would have been, but because they're so booked back to back to back, I mean, it's, that's overwhelming. It is. So how do you make those untimed visits work and set proper expectations with staff and, and clients? Mm. It's um it's a new change and honestly it hasn't been that big of a difference because even though we had all of those timed options available, um in in most cases we would end up either going over or um, if we did have a busier schedule day, we didn't have the option to leave maybe a little bit early, even, even though everything has been taken care of, say it's a cat visit and they went under the bed, like, you know, 10 minutes ago and want nothing to do with you. So it gives <laughs> us a little bit more flexibility, um, actually having untimed visits. I definitely, am enjoying the untimed visits it's it's much more simple so now all we offer is drop-in visit and a dog walk that's it Hmm. that's fascinating and i know that kind of that definitely breaks from the norm for people's expectations Hmm. and how it and how it's managed so do you when you're when you're billing that are you billing for time or is it still one standard rate for each one of those just one standard rate, so we no longer charge for our time. And it, I think what it does with those um, is is it really helps you in the moment to to relax and not be as yes. stressed out about that, yeah. and 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 it helps you pay attention more and helps you realize, okay, I'm I'm here for the care of the pets. I'm not here to make the thirty minute mark. I'm not here yes. to make the forty five minute mark. Because you're right. Sometimes it's even with even with some dogs, it's going okay. Well. They're done. They went back over and they laid down. Um, I'm, I'm kind of. I mean, it feels bad to say, but it's kind of, I'm kind of wasting these last five minutes here. Um, yes. I, I, I can move on at this point, and that helps you have that kind of ebb and flow of, of knowing. Okay, this one needs to be a little longer because there's mess or there's medications or there's multiple pets, and this one can be shorter because it's, it's a, it's an antisocial cat that's not really interested in us. So we're just going to go. Okay, you know, we're done, and. Yep. It kind of helps you move through your, your days a little bit better. Yeah. Hmm. This is yeah. a fact. I'm, I'm fascinated <laughs> by this because it just. <laughs> I know I can hear your wheels turning. <laughs> you, really, you really can. You're making, I have so many notes on my, on my to-do list, Michelle. This is not fun. Uh, but I, I, I like that because, the, you know, as far as just setting expectations with, with staff to know that, um, like, okay, like, do you have those conversations of, okay, well, obviously this can't be a, a three hour visit. We do yeah. need to make sure we're, we're doing the work and we're meeting the needs without, mm-hmm. without really stretching that. Yeah. I mean, we explain that it's between 20 and 40 minutes. Um, ideally, obviously 30 minutes is still that ideal time, but simplifying that menu item list of t- 
time available has been pretty freeing. Um, in addition to that, we also, I guess, discontinued, if you want to call it that, overnights. And that has been in big part because we have switched to employees about, what was that, like a year ago? Yeah. Two years ago? 2020, two years ago. Yeah. So there are a lot of very strict labor laws that basically just priced us out of the market. I mean, unless we want to charge the client $300 a night for a 10-hour overnight, I mean, so it just being able to simplify what we offer and then really work on specializing in those areas. Have you heard of Time to Pet? Doug from Bat to the Bone Pet Care has this to say. Time to Pet has made managing my team and clients so much easier. Our clients love the easy-to-use app and scheduling features, and our sitters love being able to have all of their information organized and easily accessible. My favorite feature is the instant messaging. By keeping conversations on Time to Pet, we are able to monitor our team and ensure nothing ever falls through the cracks. If you're looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com slash confessional. I think that's critically important. And I know overnights are definitely in flux right now with people's oh, rates yeah. and stuff. And and we, we have in our new service area, that's something we realized is in that community, in that, in that city, people's mm. expectations, when they say they hire a pet sitter, they mean they hire a house sitter and they yes. have expectations for somebody to be there overnight. And so when yes. we do come back and we quote them, okay, that'll be $200 a night. You can hear their, their jaw hitting the floor. And then yes. there's a long pause and we go, but we can also offer <laughs> these, yes. other, these other things and giving and talking through the services and options and alternatives for them and, mm. and realizing like, it's not a good fit for everybody all the time. And to simplify, I think is really powerful in our businesses. But when you think about it, like for us, we offer dog walks and pet sitting, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's quote unquote it. Uh, yeah. but dog walks, right? Those, there's such a variety in there for the kind of walks, the style of walk, what we do on the walks. Like those are, there's a lot that goes on there. Pet sitting, right? It's not just that we do exotic pet sitting. We do cat sitting. We do dog mm -hmm. sitting. We do aquarium care. So even though there's, it's simple, there's still a lot of diversity in what you do. And then, like you said, you look at what you do and you go, okay, where are our strengths? Where are our, our weaknesses? And how do we begin to specialize into this market? Yeah, I mean, and you could definitely do that um, with the website. We actually just redid our website through marketing. It's going to be because before I was just doing it through GoDaddy. I built it myself. It kind of just evolved over the time. But this was the first time hiring someone. And it's been a good process, but it's I decided to keep it very simple. I didn't want to cause any decision fatigue for the potential client mm -hmm. looking on our website. And that's along the same lines with taking out the different timed visits. It's just very, um, it's just the two options. And then, I mean, we do have uh, where if you don't have a pet, we'll check on your, your house. So I, Kind of going back to what you said before, house sitting. Yeah. Um, we had that labeled as house sitting, but more and more I realized that when people say house sitting, they're really thinking that this person is going to like a live in, pet, you know, live in a live in sitter. Yeah. So I changed that recently. I think I called it home check because I didn't even know how to 
label it, but it's like, that is not at all (laughs) what I was thinking when, you know, putting in the house setting, but, and we do that occasionally because in both areas too, here in Arizona and in Connecticut, you get people that are, um, we call them snowbirds here. Sure. So they're not, they're here six months out of the year. They need somebody to still go in every, I don't know, a few days, um, or a couple of weeks to check on, to make sure that there's no leaks inside. I mean, some people will hire a a concierge, I think it's called. Um, but we get people too, that will just hire us to go in just to check every couple of weeks. And that's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Those finding the right terms to speak to the market Mm. is really important and something we should not, um, take lightly uh, because there's, you don't want to have to be constantly disambiguating these things that we, that we are talking about, not cross talking to one another either on our social media posts or on the phone when they, when they call, because that was something they'd call and they say, I'm looking to hire a pet sitter. And I'd start talking about our pet sitting services and they'd go, um, so how long, like, so you can sleep at my house. And I was like, oh, yeah. right. I just wasted yeah. a lot of time. <laughs> oh. So it's, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, <laughs> it is. And again, it's just, you learn through that and you, you do it differently next time. Like we only recently with this website changed the pet sitting visits to drop in visits. I've never been a fan of that term. Mm. It's still something I'm not completely excited about, but that is what it is. It's a drop-in visit. Um, and I think by having that term there, that then it's it's a little bit more clear on what we offer. Yeah. But we even get, okay, yes, we've got the Instagram, we have the website. I'm really working on answering the phone, calling people back. I am not perfect at it. It's I mean, depending on the day and how I feel that day, you know, it's, it's not my favorite thing to do, but once I get on the phone, it does give me energy and it is usually an enjoyable conversation and it's great practice, Mm. but I think I'm just so worried about being perfect or wanting to give them what they want. And I'm like, so fearful that oh, they're going to want overnights and we don't offer that. And and then feeling like I'm on the defense before even picking up the phone and having to explain to them what a professional pet sitter is. And that person that they hired previously, who has you so nervous about, about hiring a pet sitter who had their boyfriend over mm-hmm. was not a professional pet sitter yeah. and, and why we do it differently. But even then they don't want to hear that. No. So I think it's just the practice of asking the right questions and then letting them talk. Yes, absolutely. And not being on the defensive because that's, we don't, Mm -hmm. that's not a good place to be coming from as a business. And so one of the things that we've done when people ask for overnights is I've started to ask, are there medical or behavioral needs that for why you're requesting that? That's a great. And, and, and it immediately sets up the expectation of, where I'm coming from. So because mm-hmm. when they because what do they say? They say, oh, well, Fifi just doesn't like to be left alone. Yep. I go, okay, th- that's not a good fit. Like here are these services that we can offer for this other stuff. And we can work up to that if we need to, but mm-hmm. trying to at least steer them in a positive direction. And like you said, asking good questions and letting them talk to really hone in because at the, at, you know, at the end of that conversation, yeah, it's up to us to go, 
this is a good fit. This is not a good fit. And not be, not feel guilty about that. I feel yeah. guilty a lot whenever I have to tell people I'm not a good fit for them because yeah. I feel like we should be. I should be, I should be able to do this, right? It's, I should be able to offer this thing. And I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not. And going, no, I, it's because I don't want that. I don't want that stress. I don't want that headache. I don't want to do that. That's not the business I want to run. It doesn't always take away the guilt, but it, it is there still sometimes. So did you, was it you on one of the recent podcasts where you were talking about just because a staff or a client says you should do something doesn't mean that you should? Did I hear that? That was probably, yeah, that, was, that sounds like something Megan would say. And to not let yeah, them like run your business. Yeah. Boundary, yes. Like just because they're saying that you should offer a certain service doesn't mean you have to, I, yes. it must, I do kind of hear Megan's voice in my head. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's true. And, and I'll even get, um, some of our staff, you know, it's like, Oh, well you, sh- you should, um, charge the client extra for this, or you should do that. And Oh my gosh, does it drive me nuts? Because I'm not hiring them for their business advice. I've got people I work with professionals that I work with to get that professional advice. And, and I can't help but get kind of, you know, defensive. Yeah. Like you said, defensive is tough. Yeah. That's a good point because they, we hiring people for the positions and they, you know, they have opinions and it's, it's fine to sit down and hear them out and try and and go, okay, what, what are you trying to tell me? What are the concerns? And and what are you actually trying to to say through this? And to to, oh, to, to hear them out, and then but that. then to flip that and go, you know, but they don't know the business operations. They they, right. they don't understand a lot of the business expenses and and yes. what I'm required to do and what I can't do. You know, when like let's go back to overnights when somebody says I'll do all the overnights. It's like well, technically, like I can't like if somebody has an eight day overnight, oh. like. We're getting into some serious bad labor laws here. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh and and but but to take the time to sit there and you know, we've had to do that of explaining some of this stuff to them of like I I hear you and 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 I understand that you really you're what I hear is you're really passionate about serving our clients and the people who come to us. These are some of the boundaries that we have and why we have them and some of the limitations on us as a business. And that's that's why we're operating the way we are. And you don't have to go into all the big details or like, here's my budget spreadsheet and here's oh. how much you write. Like, <laughs> but, but some of that stuff just takes a little bit of educating and, and seeing, again, for both clients and staff, whenever they have those kind of questions and then ultimately go, and though because of all that, like, I, this is how we're going to operate. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good way of looking at it. And it's hard though. It's again, because you feel defensive of like, well, yeah. why are you telling me how to do this? You feel guilty because you're not, you're not quote unquote serving a client well because they want something that you can't offer. Right. But at the end of the day, this is why we, we talk a lot about in business to understand why you're in business, what your mission is and what you mm-hmm. want out of it. And if nothing, if you have things that are not bringing you closer to that, mm-hmm. it's time to take a step. It, that, that's why we set those. So we do have those boundaries. Like you mentioned, Michelle, if we do have these boundaries for reasons, for protections, because we don't want to go down that road. That's something completely different that we don't want to offer. And I love that. And it's important to to know that and be able to communicate that to people as well. It's like you're either moving closer to where you see yourself in the company in the future or you're moving yeah. 
further away. Exactly. And to always, and, and uh, it's tough for me too, to realize there's forward, there's backward, and then there's the, a lateral movement of like, just kind of this in-between zone of like, oh, yeah. and, and recognizing like, okay, e- even a lateral move may be good for a time, but if my goal is to get somewhere, I can't just be walking sideways the whole time. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. That's a great way to look at it. <laughs> Now, with everything going on and and being so so busy, how do how do you, and, and answering all these questions and fielding phone calls and all that stuff? How do you find time to to step away and mm-hmm. and, and you know do other stuff? Yeah, um, it's not a simple structured plan or answer. It's really taking the time when I have it. Um, honestly, yes, like yesterday. So we had one of our employees here in Arizona, she injured herself actually on the job. And I can say that because she is an employee, um, and we have her set up with workman's compensation, uh, you know, we were able to, to take care of her through that ordeal. I mean, it was a serious injury. And so she spent months in a rehab facility, But she came back April 1st, which was amazing. And she's so willing and so eager to help and so passionate about the pets, our clients, and our business. It's so exciting. And I have some amazing employees who all share that passion for the pets, our clients, and the business. I mean, it's just... It, it just, it's, it makes me so happy to think of that. Um, so I have her and then I have another pet sitter here where they're, they're both <laughs> like load me up and I did. And I still struggle with thinking I have to do a lot of the visits myself. Mm-hmm. So that's been a, um, a growing learning experience for myself is, is like, I hired them to work them to work they want to work and boy it's but yeah that's something that I I work through and so I I had pretty much the entire day off yesterday um which was amazing and I did struggle with some guilt like I just felt a little lost at first and I'm, I'm thinking, oh gosh, I should be doing this. I should be working. I should, should, should. And I was able to have, you know, a little talk with myself and, and it's like, no, this is, this is what it's supposed to be like all of the work with, with that I've put forth with hiring. And I mean, all of that, this, this is the point. And so if I get a day where I'm not spending the entire day on work, that's okay. I mean, I've gotten to this obsession, addiction, I could even say, where I'm I'm a workaholic. And so I was able to, I went to Target, I got some cat food and a few things at Target. And I just kind of like went through the aisles and looked at the clearance stuff and oh my gosh, it was so weird, but it was so nice. And I was talking to my staff a little bit through that. Um, uh, because you know, that's still a part of it. I still have to be available. Um, the goal is to have an office manager there who they are handling all of those 
conversations back and forth and only come to me if it's an emergency. Mm-hmm. I'm not there yet, but that is the goal that I see for the company and for myself. Um, and then after that, I texted my, um, my brother and was like, can I take my nephew to the park? And I picked him up and I went to the park and I was there for like two hours. He was there playing. I was sitting on a blanket in the shade. I mean, it was beautiful. And I literally, I sat there, I put my phone away. I didn't look at it the entire time. Mm. So, I mean, it's just taking those moments. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. It's, it's t- t- knowing when to take advantage of those. Cause we know we don't get them all the time. Right. Yes. And it does take it's it's kind of it's kind of weird to think about, but it does take prep work to get in a relaxed in a in a mindful state. I have it to does. be ready to take advantage of that because mm-hmm. it, you know if we plucked you up right now and said, "Okay, you're not doing any work in the business anymore. Go have fun." It'd be like, "Ah, oh, okay." <laughs> like it's like, "What do I do?" <laughs> so yeah. we do have to work towards that. That is something that we have to. To have to embrace and be willing to let go of this stuff. I, yes. I know we've had times where it's we're sitting on the couch with Megan and I, and mm. there's nothing going on. The kids are at school, and we're like, I feel like something's wrong. Like, shouldn't we be doing something? Like, yeah, I feel like we should be doing something. It's like this, you're right. It's this kind of addiction to, it is. Uh, I, I'm not doing anything. Something must be wrong or something's yeah. bad. And I remember when we brought on staff and we started doing stuff, and we were looking at the company revenues and for us it was weird because we were still we were making more but we weren't doing all that work and so we it felt wrong yeah. that our business was doing this stuff but it was like but i i personally wasn't that busy yes huh. that's that's it's weird a I, it's a shift and then we have it's growing it and becoming comfortable with that too yeah yeah um and it obviously changes uh, I mean, it's just, it, it's just a co- like a constant change, I guess, with how you handle that. But yeah. I mean, ideally uh, I would love to be able to take that time in the morning and have, you know, your morning routine, whatever that looks like meditation. I would love to get into meditation where I'm taking five, 10, 15 minutes of sitting there with your phone, either away from you on silent and maybe you have a guided meditation, um, but that's all you're doing is yeah. literally focusing on the words from that meditation and breathing, and that's it. Yeah, that quote unquote, <laughs> quote unquote, that's it. Even though that's, that's one of them, like it's it feels weird to I you know kind of like it's active relaxation of like it's it's where it's it's important work and and sometimes we have to rephrase it in our minds of I'm it's not that I'm doing nothing right this yeah. is important this is super this is very important. important for yes. me to do right now for me to embrace this and that's that's also part of this growing into our role as it changes as our business evolves of growing into a manager growing into a boss growing into a leader embracing being a founder all of this stuff is kind of growing into that so how how right. has that how's that been for you growing into these roles that you know 5 6 years ago were kind of these nebulous ideas that's a great segue oh. <laughs> <laughs> um Uh, Oh, goodness. Let's see. So my, my mind just kind of like literally (laughs) expands into so many different areas (laughs) that, um, and I think that's, what's exciting about it is that passion really never dies. I, I mean, I've never done anything so consistently daily and not get bored. I mean, every single day. Um, 
yeah, it's, it's just, there's so much that I could do with it. Mm. And there's no end line. Like there's no graduating from this, this, I could do this forever and it would constantly evolve, which is overwhelming and exciting at the same time. But I think a a big thing with that, just again, going back to setting that time for, you know, myself outside of the business is scheduling time for it, but also putting myself, my serenity, my sanity first, really, because as soon as you put other things ahead of that, I mean, that's the, that's, you're going to lose your business. You're going to lose your friendships and relationships. If you, if you don't put yourself in your serenity first. Um, so everything you say yes to, you're saying no to something else. Yeah. And in most cases I'm saying no to myself or no to my friends, no to my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's something I constantly try to work on, but evolving into a business owner or a manager or a leader um, has been a weird thing to wrap my head around because yeah, I mean, I did, I started this as just somebody who wanted to make some money taking care of pets. And what it turned into is my, my love for being a business owner. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's so weird. Um, but I think it's just having that support system mm-hmm. and, um, not doing it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am a member of a mastermind group for jump consulting. And I mean that the support that I get from that group, um, the professional, people that I, I, um, connect with in there. I mean, yes, fellow uh, pet business owners, but also just professionals in the business world, you know, accountants, um, marketing gurus, um, customer service experts. Um, we did a meeting, I think it was yesterday where it was with, you know, like a a CFO, how to be, how to be the CFO of your company. And, but that's, that's what we are. That's what I am. I am, I am the CFO of my company. I mean, break it down. That's exactly what we're supposed to do. However, the CFO isn't the person who is doing the day-to-day bookkeeping and those things. Again, we are the ones up in the watchtower. We are the ones that are creating what we want to create out of the company and to take the company in the direction that we want to go to. I think that, that that's a, it's insanely powerful to think to think about that, to think about what what's my actual role in this company, not the not the tasks, not the things that I do, but what's my yes. what's my individual purpose here? And and what do I what then flows from that in the company? Again, when we think about to what am I committing to, there are things that flow from that. When I recognize my role in my company, it can, and as the owner founder person, it could be whatever we want it to be, right? We can decide it however we want it to be, which is a little daunting at times to realize just how many options are, are out there, at least for, for me. But it's also very freeing to know yes. there are things that I like, things that I don't, things that are my strengths things that are my weaknesses, and I can embrace those, I can hand those off, I can do whatever I want with that. But that starts mm-hmm. with recognizing, how do I identify as a role in in this business? And I think that's why, too, I struggle with talking about it, because we do so much. I mean, 
there's so much going on in our head. It's ridiculous. And I think that's why it is important to write it down. Um, like, oh gosh, I don't know who I heard it from or who even said it, but, and I don't even know if it's true, but someone went into Einstein's office and his desk was a mess. And the guy asked him for a recent invention or something. And, and Einstein was like searching through his desk, through all his notes. And the guy's like, you're Einstein. Don't you just know it in your head? And he's like, I, I write it down, empty my, my head so that I can come up with new inventions. I yeah. have to get it out of my head. And I always think of that. Yeah. We have to write it down because it's, or else our heads would explode, I think. <laughs> well, I think just wrapping our brains around all that we do is, is, yes. is the first step in that. And, you know, an, an interesting exercise may be, you know, write your resume from the standpoint of these different hats, right? Don't just write business oh, owner. Man. Write down each one of your roles and everything that you do in that and for your uh, resume for your company and your years of experience there. Just to see it uh, all on paper. Because I I think for me, just viewing it all on there, I mm-hmm. I think I just thinking about this would go, I don't think I believe I do all that stuff. There's no way one person could do everything. Uh, <laughs> and and just recognize wow, I've done all that. Like that is something that I, I've done with the help of others, with my gr- group of people that I've had around me with reaching out to people. But that's something that I, I've been able to work on. And, and that should definitely be a sense of, of pride mm. and acknowledgement in us so that we can then go, sure. these are things that, you know, th- that's me. That's part of who I am. Yeah. Cause it literally started from just somebody who would take care of pets and walk dogs. Yeah, And I will take that even a step further uh. is in addition to creating that resume, you know, enlisting out all of the, the responsibilities you do for each role, put, you know, put a salary to that because then, then, you know, in the future, when you're ready to hire that, you know, everything that that person needs to do and, and how much it's going to cost for that. And also creating those systems and processes, the standard operating procedures and having those, you know, saved so that again, it's out of your head, all of this stuff, you just know out of your head and on a piece of paper so that if you have to have somebody do it for you, if I have to have my, if I want my office manager to do something, all I have to do is direct her to that SOP and she has the instructions right there. And then that also adds value to your company so that when the time comes, um, you can sell it. Yeah. You know, we don't have to just quote unquote retire and then hand off our clients to another local company. No, we do not. We can either have people running our business or we can sell it. Mm. I, yeah, there's a lot that flows from that when we start recognizing what we do. I, would, I love that idea of putting the salary to that and going, mm. if, somebody, if I hired somebody to do this, this is what it would yeah. cost me to do. And I'm currently doing that. So you can see, okay, yeah. when is it time to hire and what, what, how do I want to plan for this moving forward? Right. You mentioned one of the groups that you're a member of, um, and kind of this mastermind group. Uh, you were also you were also involved with the Arizona Professional Pet Sitters and Associates group, mm. and, I, and I did want you to to talk about that group and and kind of what, what's what's taken place and maybe why something like that is is important to the community. It was very important for me early on in my business. It was a great way to make those connections with other pet business owners in the area. 
Um, I did learn a lot. I, I still am close with some of the people in that group that I have met. One um, recently got married and she invited me to her wedding. So that was really special. And um, that and then a lot of the knowledge that I got early on. Um, I feel that I kind of outgrew it a little bit just based on the mindset that a lot of those, um, a lot of the other members ran their business. And also I was able to make other connections virtually like the mastermind group. Um, I think COVID really did speed a lot of that up. Um, not feeling like it has to be in the same area. Um, and then obviously, you know, having a location in a, another state. Um, so, so COVID really changed the group. We, we did our best to hang on to it. Um, but ultimately, um, essentially it, it just kind of dissolved. So, so that group is no more. Um, I was the president for a while, the VP and I really wanted to take it to the next level, but unfortunately it just, um, it didn't happen. And so, you know, we could always start another one. Um, but I don't think I don't right now, that's not something I would be interested in doing only because of the support available virtually and seeing that it's just as beneficial as if it was within the same state. Mm. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Uh, COVID did a lot to the industry. It put mm-hmm. pushed many of us forward technologically, whether that was embracing yes. software. It pushed us forward understanding our business numbers, which was something yeah. that many of us had no clue what was going on. And yep. it, and, it, and it got us into groups and communities that we weren't for, you know previously members of, which I, which I think is really important yeah. to, to know our options out there. You know, the idea of a of a state level group is mm-hmm. is an interesting idea of. This is all the things that kind of we agree to and we hold ourselves accountable to and all the things that we want to to push forward as as something. So yes. I still think it's a very interesting idea. It's, it's mm-hmm. sad that it, it wasn't able to to last, but but maybe another day. Michelle, uh this has been wonderful conversation and very I, loaded. <laughs> I very, very some heavy stuff, some some oh. new ideas of, of operating and, and diving deep into how we make these decisions and how we view ourselves. And uh-huh. I have just really appreciative of your time today and with everything you've got going on. Um, but I know there's a lot more here. So uh, how can people get connected with you, follow along with everything you're doing and, and, and watch you along this journey? Sure. So both Facebook and Instagram, our handle is Paws and Claws Pack. And our website is yourpetsitterdogwalker.com. Still jealous of that website address. Uh, <laughs> I am looking to shorten it, but I cannot uh-huh. figure out what to choose. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'll be, hey, we'll have a whole episode on on, on, on uh, naming and URL links because I think that's an yeah. entirely, that, again, one of these hats that we wear. All of a sudden, we are, <laughs> we are uh, internet gurus. <laughs> yes. And it's like, if we knew what we knew now in the beginning, <laughs> that could go on forever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Again, Michelle, I uh, this it, it really means an awful lot um, for you to be here and, and sharing with everything you've got going on. So thank you so yeah. much. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Colin.
One major aspect of growing as a business owner and evolving as a business owner is the fact that when we make decisions, we commit to them. We commit to them because we are constrained by our goals and objectives. That is what is so purifying by sitting down and understanding our why, understanding our objectives, and understanding where we want to be in five years. Those goals and objectives act as boundaries to the decisions that we can make in the universe. With infinite choices before us, it's hard to move forward. When we get that refining light of the goals and objectives of the decisions that we need to make in our business, it is just that much easier to continue to step forward and move forward over time and with clarity and with peace of mind in that what we're doing continues to move us forward, not backward, not sideways, but forward towards those goals. We really want to thank our sponsor today, Time to Pet, for making it possible. And thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll be back again soon. (laughs) 